welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. <laughs> you sound like you were gagging like... <laughs> you smelled something awful. <laughs> like I got a, like a straight toot in my face. Yeah, exactly. That's what I say when I look at you, though, because I'm like, he does this weird shit. No, Papa Toonie, we got a loony. <laughs> I hate you. Why? Because <laughs> you, you mesh that in so well. I always do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and when I don't, it's on purpose, so it's perfect. Yeah, a couple. I think a couple of days ago, I was thinking about the last intro you did, and it was the like the one from Twenty Eight Days Later, the mm. lion joke. And I'm in the kitchen, like oh, so stupid. <laughs> it's still affecting me. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal Two E's and Real, and you can email us at therealappeal at gmail dot com. Please review us on iTunes so we can get noticed. And our segments for this week are the news, our recent review of In the Heights, Variety Time, our Berserk Tribute Review Part 3, and our geriatric cinematic of Hairspray, the 1988 version. Mm-hmm. And what's our topic, Mark? Uh, the topic for this week is, is it class or is it trash? Question mark. I think it's clash. Clash. Is it clash or is it trash? <laughs> no, is it clash or is it trash? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually want to send out an apology for anybody who took the time to watch The Conjuring 3 in as- anticipation for our latest episode. Because um, it wasn't great. And yeah. then you watched it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. And we watched it. And they wa- and y'all watched it. But like, I had finals week and I was just fucking stressed. I was like, can we record next week? She's like, Kelsey's like, yeah. Well, I needed a de stress too because you, you stressed me out. I know. Fuck. Fucking two anxiety attacks and just fucking eating, this, what, what, taking like Red Bulls and ibuprofen and eating bad food it was bad yeah it was bad uh but you know what's not bad that you don't have school for the summer well that too but also uh the news yeah it is Mm. the news is bad (laughs) okay what's going on in the news because movie pass is a fucking asshole (laughs) yeah um they deceived users so they would use it less the federal trade commission says mm-hmm. so they failed subscription serve uh the sorry the failed subscription service that mm-hmm. we all used to love but now we love to hate mm-hmm. um they promised unlimited movie going for 9.95 a month and they agreed on monday which is today for us um, um yeah no actually you know this was this past uh last week monday so we could go monday yeah we could go mm-hmm. um they agreed to settle um, accusations that it knowingly deceived customers, making the service difficult to use and expose their personal data. <laughs> um, so in the process, the Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC, revealed the elaborate obstacles that MoviePass executive, executives made 
the most active users overcome, including forcing them to reset their passwords and setting unannounced limits on their accounts. I remember people uh, are like, why isn't this working? Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't sign in or, like, I have unlimited. Yeah, and, it, and like, because I, I, I remember hearing about, hearing about people complaining about MoviePass um, that, like, it said, like, their account had been, like, accessed by somebody else and they need to, like, putting a new password oh no that's that's later on in the article no no but that's the thing i remember when this happened i remember hearing people talk about that oh okay um and fortunately i think kelsey and i like we got off the movie pass wagon pretty quick we got on late and then we got off pretty quick yeah yeah because we weren't really using it and i was like um all right i'll just go ahead and delete it i'm just i'm not really using it anyway yeah um so the Bureau of Consumer Protections, um, their acting director, Daniel Kaufman, said, um, MoviePass and its executives went to great lengths to deny consumers access to the service they paid for while also failing to secure their personal information. In one effort, the company invalidated the passwords of the 75,000 subscribers who use the service most often while falsely claiming, we have detected suspicious activity or mm-hmm. potential fraud on their accounts. Um, so people tried resetting their passwords, but were unable to because of technical problems. The app would not accept their email address. They would not receive a password reset email or the email <laughs> link to a non-working website. Mm-hmm. Um, then users complain. Customer service would take weeks to respond. Um, I, I think my brother, I know my brother had jumped on MoviePass too, but he was like waiting for his car to come in the mail. He was like forever he was waiting for yeah. his car to come in the mail. Um, in a separate effort, the company required the 20% of subscribers who use the service most often, about 450,000 people, to submit photos of their physical movie tickets for approval through the app, telling them that they had randomly, had been randomly selected for the program. Um, and those who failed to properly submit the tickets more than once would have their accounts canceled. Now, the thing about that, though, Uh. is I don't think it didn't, they didn't make it sound like it was randomly select it yeah like from what i remember everyone had to do it okay so i think i think what it's trying to understand is um because i remember i remember this being like you had to you had to do this often or not often every time you went to the movies you had to do this yeah i remember that um but from my understanding i because i think it happened to me a couple times where they would ask for it again and i'm like i don't have i, I you know i don't have the ticket stuff so i was just like well fuck it i I guess fuck it. I don't care. Like, you know, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And like, they just never did anything. Yeah. So you must have not had done it three times. <laughs> yeah. Was it three times? I yeah. Because f- it says um, more uh, people. Would, okay. More than once it said not oh, okay. three times. Um, the automated verification system often did not work on common mobile operating systems. And the software failed to recognize many user submitted photos. Uh, the program blocked thousands of people from using the service in a th- Oh, go ahead. No, no. Th- this part, I, I thought this is really interesting. Okay. Um, it said, uh, the report says, in a, in, a third e- in a third effort described by the commission, the company created what's called a tripwire, okay, imposing a limit on how often certain users could use their service. The tripwire typically was... Uh, wait, wait, wait. But they did not disclose the limit in its advertising or terms of yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, that's another... Okay. And the, t- the, t- the tripwire was typically set on users who went two more than three movies per month like i remember when movie pass came out and people were just like 
that is amazing. It's going to fail. It's like, <laughs> yo, you're paying $10 a month with unlimited movie access? What? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. They were fucking stupid because in on one hand, I think they were like, we can get so much money off of people yeah. and not deliver. Mm. But also, it's going to be popular as shit. So you're going to run into problems if that's yeah. the way you're going to think. So do, so do you know how, how MoviePass worked like on the company side? No. So for every ticket that you bought, the company had to go pay for it. So if you bought a ticket, you know, $15 or something like that, it was out of the company's pocket. So it's like a reverse Ponzi scheme. <laughs> exactly. And like, like it's, it's, I don't know, like there's no word that this was like intentionally to be a scam from the jump, but the way how it's laid out, it, it sure laid out like it was um, like, this is something that could work. Um, I know like AMC has like their monthly subscription fee or something like that. Um, which is like and regal does too yeah and regal has it too but see that see amc regal only did it because MoviePass did it they're mm-hmm. like shit um but their fees are more expensive yeah like yeah. you could get on different tiered programs and they set they actually set a limit yeah. up front of how much you can use it for like i wouldn't mind signing up for like another program like this again um if their their company was like better structured um, I like Regal's program. Yeah, but see, the only reason that I don't sign up for like AMC or Regal's is because you, you prefer Lemley. Yeah, you and I go to like we go to a lot of independent theaters. Sometimes we go to screenings. We go to screens that's like a special event. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so like I know like the I know Lem, was, Lemley. Lemley. I know Lemley has like their own monthly subscription kind of thing. But you know, you do that and you do AMC Regal. You it starts just balling. building up, You're building up, building up, building up. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, MoviePass was a fucking scam. And this said, in addition, a data breach in 2019, hmm. which was previously reported, exposed the personal and financial information, including credit card numbers, of more than 28,000 customers. I remember hearing about that, too. MoviePass would have survived if they did, like, a, like a, a higher-tier monthly fee, like, especially for, like, movie, like, cinephiles and, like, movie addicts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was, like... $30 a month or $50 a month or something like that. People would be like, oh, $50 a month for like, I don't know, three movies a week or something like that. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely do that. And this, and another reason why this failed so bad is because um, MoviePass was still active when like Avengers Endgame came out. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I got a MoviePass and Avengers Endgame? Well, I'm just going to watch it every day of the week. Yeah, and then remember then they tried also imposing like, okay, this is like a... Um, oh, like a new release. You yeah, can't watch this. One. I remember that. I remember they did that for Mission Impossible Fallout or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to wait. You had to like, wait till like the second or third week. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Which is like kind of stupid because now you're making the movie lose money. Yeah, exactly. You're you're hurting the industry as well. But <sighs> I. Don't. You remember when they failed and then they came back. Yeah, and then, and then they, they failed, failed and, they and came, then they came back. Do you remember when MoviePass tried to make their own movies? No. They they produced uh they helped produce a movie. It was called Gotti, starring John Travolta as John Gotti, and I heard it was god awful. <laughs> god awful. Um but I remember like we talked about MoviePass maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, and supposedly like MoviePass might be coming back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't think they will because of the investigation. They probably just like rebrand it. 
I don't think they will. It'll, it'll be called. It'll, it'll be called film tickets. <laughs> no, <laughs> it'll say movie pass. It was movie pass. It's in the past. Now it's movie present. <sighs> million dollar ideas. Million dollar ideas. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what's a million dollar idea? Hmm. Moving on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, okay, so the book of Boba Fett will fill the bounty hunters' uh, past. Robert Rodriguez is directing several episodes. Robert Rodriguez. What did I say? Robert Rodriguez. Oh, Robert Rodriguez. I know. Robert Rodriguez. Sorry, folks. Uh, Okay, so actor uh, Tamira Morrison, uh, who's reprising his role as bounty hunter Boba Fett. Uh, He did an interview. Django Fett. No, no, he did Boba Fett. Oh, the son of the son of the bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So he did an interview with uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, he said, uh, well, we can't say too much because he was people were trying to find out, like, what's going on with the book of Boba Fett and all that. Kind of, everyone wants to know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, well, we can't say too much, but we're going to see his past and where he's been since the Empire Strikes Back. Um, somebody pointed out uh, he's been kind of stuck in this one place. And now and now's the time to actually go back in time and check out his journey and find out more about him. So it looks like there's going to be like a series of like flashbacks. Mm-hmm. during the book of Boba Fett. Um, and it looks like Robert Rodriguez is set to come back and direct several episodes. Um, Morrison had continued and said that, uh, he said that uh, to direct a few, oh, he said he's going to direct a few more of the spinoff series. And it makes sense because um, when they like really had that Bounty Hunter Boba Fett episode where he's like kicking ass, that was like a Robert Rodriguez film. And I remember people talking about that for days. Mm-hmm. It was a great episode. So I'm down. I'm 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 down for this. More Boba Fett, you know, kicking mm-hmm. ass and shit. Yeah, I like Boba T too. <sighs> <sighs> you know what? I'm just gonna take the next story as well. <laughs> the sinister laugh. <laughs> uh, and what else happened in the news? Um, Kevin Bacon is tapped to be to take the villain role in Legendary's Toxic Avenger movie. What if he had bacon flavored boba? That'd be gross. I don't know. Ooh, that kind of like... I can picture that. sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. We should make that. <laughs> make, make a little bacon balls or some shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Speaking of bacon. So, this movie's going to be perfect. This movie's going to be perfect. I'm going to love this movie. Kevin Bacon has joined the cast uh, for Legendary's, re- Legendary's reboot of the 1984 uh, schlock movie from Troma Entertainment. Uh, Peter Dinklage is still set to... I think he's set to be the hero. Uh, Jacob Tremblay and taylor page are on the call sheet for the project so um he said it looks like it's is it which gets underway oh in june later june all right so they're gonna start shooting this month this month in bulgaria what okay uh with macon 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 bacon (laughs) macon blair (laughs) it's set to direct uh blair is also writing this script um I can't wait for this movie. I, I, I have high hopes for it. Because Troy, um, Lloyd Kaufman is producing it, and he's the man behind the Toxic Avenger. Mm. And I can just picture just Kevin Bacon just, you know. Sizzling in a pan. No, no, no. Kevin Bacon. Hamming it up. Yeah, like a bacon. No, my joke's funnier. No. It is. Ha, 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 ha. No, let's put it to a vote. Okay. <laughs> pocket, do you, Pocket. Do you think it's funny? <laughs> yes. Okay, see? <laughs> what about you, Patrick? Yes. 
<laughs> so my joke was funnier. <laughs> why does he sound like a frog that's burping? Uh, I don't. Mm. <laughs> hey, Patches, why do you sound like that? Oh, I don't know. Well, see, I don't know. <laughs> um. So yeah, Dinklage is uh, set set to be the hero with Bacon Tap to play a slick and likely over the top villain. Oh man, they, I, I hope they go buck wild. I I hope they go buck wild, and it's rated R. This movie needs to be rated R. I can't wait for you to show me the first, the one that you want me to see. Oh, the Toxic Avenger. Because didn't they have that at the? Yeah, there was something that uh, Troma was working with some with a driving company. Mm-hmm. And they were going to like release the Toxic Avenger movies. No, no, not not just Toxic Avenger movies, but like, like trauma, like trauma films, like a lot of their films, like during the summer for like a drive-in special or some shit like that. I it I know it's on East Coast, maybe like Midwest, but I really hope it comes over here. Yeah, because that would be oh, that'd be so beautiful, so so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. like Pocket, like Pocket. You're beautiful, right, Pocket? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why she sounds like that now. <laughs> Um, All right. So is that it? Are we done? Yep. Let's move on to our recent review of In the Heights. What does Suenito mean? Suenito? It means little dream. That's it? No story? All right, all right. Everybody sit down, sit down. It's a story of a block that was disappearing. in a barrio called Washington Heights. The streets were made of music. I am Usnavian, you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. Morning, Usnavi. Pan caliente, café con leche. On these blocks, you can't walk two steps without bumping into someone's big plan. I'm making moves, I'm making deals, but guess what? What? You still ain't got no skills. <laughs> I've been saving up all my pennies in my piggy bank for this day. This is going to be an emotional roller coaster. The odds are against you. But there's a chance, right? A film version of the Broadway musical in which Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. Directed by John Chu. Written by Chiara Alegria Udes, and it's based on the play by her and Lin-Manuel Miranda. It stars Anthony Ramos, Melissa Barrera, Leslie Grace, and Corey Hawkins. Mm-hmm. It also has Stephanie... Uh, oh, Stephanie Ramirez? No, no, no. What's her last name? That's not Ramirez. I thought her, I thought her name was Stephanie Ramirez. No. From Brin- uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Yeah. Her and... Um, Old girl from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. I'm sorry. Stephanie Beatrice. Oh, yeah. Beatrice. Yeah. And then the girl from um, Orange is the New Black, that's uh, look like Dascha Polanco. Polanco. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm angry about this movie. Are you? Really? I'm actually angry. I, uh, like angry. I remember, I remember that. Well, we'll just say off the jump. Kelsey didn't like it. She doesn't like colored people, and that's why. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. 
we didn't like it. It was, it was, it's, it sucks actually. Cause no, we were looking forward to this. I yeah. really wanted to watch this movie. It looked amazing and you were kind of like eh, on it. And then you, I finally kind of got you like crossed over to like, yeah, you're looking forward to it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I remember, uh, for our, uh, 2020, uh, special when we were looking forward to like what's coming out in 2021. Um, we were, no, I'm sorry. It was, our what's 2021? No, it was our two, it was our 2019 special. Yeah, because it was supposed to come out last year. Yeah, for our 2019 special, this was one of the movies that Kelsey was looking forward to, and I remember because I'm I'm I'll, like, I'll just admit right off the top, I'm not a, I'm not a huge musical fan. I don't really search out musicals, but like if it's good enough, then I I'll sit down and check it out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just straight cut it off. Um, but after this one, I might. <laughs> and Kelsey was just like. Yeah, this movie looks good. You should check it out. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't really care. And she showed me the trailer, and I was like, all right, you sold me. Like, I'll definitely check it out. And it sucks because like we were looking forward to this, and it, <laughs> you, you, you go ahead and lead off. <laughs> okay. So I have to be careful, right? Because mm-hmm. we already kind of. Well, just, let's just talk about like what was. Let's just talk about the, the technical issues and the acting and stuff like that. So, what did you think of the acting? Okay. Hit or miss. It depends mm. on who's doing the acting. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ramos was actually really good. Yeah, he's like legit. He's legit, yeah. I like him. Maybe not so much how his character is written mm-hmm. 100%, but he really pulls it off. Mm. I could take or leave just about anybody else. Well, especially Melissa Barrera, who played Vanessa. She was very vanilla. Like yeah, There was yeah. just nothing special about her at all yeah yeah like it was weird because like because like that's the the vanessa character is supposed to be um well how you, well, they call him navi in the movie didn't they usnavi yeah but then they call him navi as well well usnavi the usnavi character like they're supposed to be like obviously like a love interest between the two and stuff like that and it was weird because it, it really felt one-sided or, or like it didn't he wasn't he wasn't like they weren't able to bounce off of each other like you couldn't see the chemistry there there was no chemistry he was very into her mm. like his character was you felt it but when it came to her mm. it very much felt like she was only ever upset with him whenever something was going wrong and she would string him along when she thought she was getting something yeah yeah and and i don't know if like and that was not the intent i know it wasn't i know, I know. That's, that's, something a, that that's, sucks. that's the thing like i'm thinking of like was that the intent but i'm like but that's the thing, like, what happens to them at the end is, like, I didn't care. I didn't care about their relationship at all. I, I did that thing where it was, like, reverse, pat, like, the reverse Bechdel test fucking thing. <laughs> okay. And, like, you know, I can't give it away right now, which I almost did. Mm-hmm. But I just, the ending to me was not what I wanted. Yeah. Not what I wanted. Because um, I pretty much only cared about Usnavi. Yeah. Um Anybody else that you want to you want to comment on? Um, that girl that you were saying from Orange Is the New Black, yeah, the one that you butchered her name, so I can't even help fix it because I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, she's more what I remember. All right, correct me. How do you say her name? Um, Dasha Polanco. Yeah, Dasha Polanco. Um, okay, yeah, so Dasha Polanco, who played, uh, she played Kuka. Kuka? Yeah. She is, 
uh, more what I'm used to growing up around. Mm-hmm. Like her type of character. Okay. Not everybody's the same, right? But like, mm-hmm. um, she, I think she represented like the fun-loving side of what I'm used to. Like, because I grew up around Puerto Ricans and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, everyone was always having a good time. And they really didn't care what anybody else thought. Yeah. So that, to me, that's what she represented and like, mm. she wasn't vanilla like almost everybody else was. Yeah, like... When it sucks, I kind of wanted more of her. Yeah, like this movie kind of does this thing where like, it seems like the side characters are more interesting than the, than the, than the like the leads, like even more, even like, like Corey Hawkins, who's kind of more of a side character. I'm still more interested in his thing and like what he's trying to accomplish. Um maybe somewhat of like leslie grace she was like and i don't here let me actually let me look up these let me look up these actors and actresses because Corey hawkins i'm very familiar with leslie grace i've never heard of um so i don't know how far her range is when it comes to like acting oh this is actually her first film shit (laughs) okay so i mean she might have been hired as for her singing talent but if it was for acting it wasn't there that much like at all? None. Like for almost anybody, it wasn't. Yeah. I like so. Who who's the guy that you were saying? Corey. Corey Hawkins. He's the black guy. Yeah, yeah. Corey Hawkins. Like I've seen him. I've seen him perform. Like he was in uh, he, when they like they brought back twenty four. Uh, that show twenty four. Uh huh. People call him like Black Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also played uh, Dre in the NWA biopic, and he oh. was like legit good. He was legit good. I can see that he he's very confident. He's an, a confident actor. Hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. Leslie Grace Martinez, she's, a, she's more known as an American singer and songwriter. So not that much acting, and it's it's there. Like, she, this is literally her first movie. So it's not that much. She doesn't have that much acting skills. I feel like they more hired her for her singing talent, which she's good. She's a good singer. But, like, you have to really act, especially in this sucker. Yeah, which is kind of like, that doesn't make any sense. Melissa Barrera, she doesn't have the strongest voice out of everybody. Mm. And she definitely doesn't have great acting skills either. Yeah. Like, she might as well be in Pretty Little Liars. That'd be funny if she was in Pretty Little Liars. That would be funny, but I don't think she is. No, she's, she's done, it looks like she done she did a lot of uh, Spanish soap operas. Yeah. Or Spanish TV shows, yeah. To go back over there. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I will say that Anthony Ramos is like the um, is like the best performer in this movie mm-hmm. when it comes to turn of like acting and singing. Like, I actually really liked his acting. Yeah, me too. Um, it's kind of funny because like when he kind of does like the Lemon Well kind of like like sing rap thing that he does, he actually sounds just like him. Mm-hmm. So I had like I don't I don't know anything about the play, so I don't know if Lemon Well played the uh, Usnavi character. But if he did, I, he must have been like Anthony Ramirez must have been like emulating that or trying to like copy like the same thing. Yeah. Um. So he was like the best part, like as an like it, and, and you know if he had to bring any tears, he could bring oh, yeah. those tears. Yeah, they were yeah. Very believable. And that's the thing, like with the with the acting, like it's it's funny because like the there's essentially, I mean, there's essentially like four characters. There's like the two main who is uh uh. Was Navi and Vanessa, and then there's Nina and then Benny. And Nina and Benny are like, they have something, right? And it feels like this movie is not only just about like community, but it's also chemistry between these characters. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get much care chemistry between like 
The two couples. The two couples. It's like weird. Like they would like sing. And that's the thing. Like, and it's funny because you get the attraction mm. from like the males are attracted to the females, but yeah. you don't get that the females are attracted to the males. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, it, and like I said, and it kind of goes into like where the side characters are, like where um, like, like, uh, who is it? Who is it? Uh, Stephanie. Um, Beatrice. Stephanie Beatrice or uh, Dasha uh, Blanco or I can't remember the other uh, hairstylist. Yeah, the lady with the pointy upper lip. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got more, like, feelings from those three. I was, like I said, like, this movie does great side characters, but the leads are just bad. It's a Franti Ramirez who's, who does all right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Corey Hawkins, who also does all right. Yeah, he does... But he's not really a lead. Yeah, he's not really a lead. It's, it's like it felt like Corey Hawkins is trying to carry. Is trying to carry uh, Leslie Grace whenever their scenes are like together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we didn't even mention um, the one guy was uh, Nina's dad. Oh, um, why am I blanking on his name? God, I know his name too. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. All right. Here's one of the things that kind of sold me on this movie when Kelsey showed me the trailer. The fact that Jimmy Smiths was singing it. I know, and he sounded good. I I was like, oh, shit. I want to see Jimmy Smith sing. I want to hear all this shit. (laughs) And he sang one line, (laughs) maybe two lines. I was like, oh, (laughs) that's it. And you want to know something funny? Hmm. Mark Antony was in it. Oh, talk about spoiler shit. That wasn't a spoiler. He's in. That's the thing. He's in nowhere in the ads or anything like that. But it's all over the internet. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah, was... yeah. Okay, so it's not much of a spoiler. It's more. I guess. But the, but the funny thing, he doesn't sing. Well, I, I think it's more of a spoiler <laughs> on my part because, like, when he showed up in the movie, I was like, "Whoa, Mark Anthony's in this!" Oh shit! And I was like, "That's not Mark Anthony. That can't be Mark. He looks like shit." And it was Mark Anthony, <laughs> and he doesn't sing at all. And I'm like, "Yo, you got like." An actual singer. Like, why aren't you using him? I know. <laughs> okay, so okay, and I, okay, so what did you think of what did you think of the the the, the musical aspect of it? Because I think this is like one of the like things we just didn't like. The songs all sounded the same. Mm. It was a lot of very up music almost the whole time. Mm. It was. You would maybe get 30 seconds of a break and then lead right into another song. Yeah. Um, every single scene had a song in it. Yeah. A lot of scenes didn't need to be in there. So mm-hmm. the movie was actually too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have cut some of it out. Like, we we didn't need mm. the ice cream man. Oh yeah, I see. What you're, yeah, I know what you're talking about. From what I read, this this movie actually included uh, two numbers that were not in the in the play. Yeah. So they just added more. I don't know. And I bet you the ice cream one was one of them. Probably. Um, yeah, this movie has like, and, and you, we get it's a musical, you know, but there are different types of musicals. Right, and the first thing that comes to my mind is La La Land, where they actually rely on the two leads to mm. actually act yeah and like carry the movie and yeah. stuff like that i mean even, we'll even say um like the our cinematic which is hairspray that's a musical as well um and but like no one really sings but it's still considered a musical uh prince's purple rain 
is another great example of a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you say what you will about the acting. The acting is bad, but the music is, like, the saving part. Um, but this movie does, it, like, it just constantly just throwing songs, throwing songs, throwing songs, throwing songs at you. And, like, how Kelsey said, they're, like, up to the point where, like, they almost sound sounding the same. Like, like, they, like, like the music mm-hmm. is that person that you want to punch in the morning for being a morning person. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, you know, I haven't had my first cup of coffee, and clearly that guy did, and good morning, blah, blah, blah. like, shut the <laughs> fuck up, dude. And before you say that's mm. how musicals are, they are not all like that. Yeah, they're all, they're all not like that, and I think, I think that what it, what, what I was leading to is like, it doesn't give you time to breathe between songs let me absorb that song some of the like they the songs kept going so back to back that i don't remember a single song now because they just kind of just mesh mm-hmm. together yep. maybe like maybe like the last song maybe that one i remember the abuela song oh yeah okay yeah that one yeah see that yeah see that that i can't okay now i'm like as you said it's like coming it's coming back to me but I remember that because her scene was memorable. Yeah, and it was like, it was like her. And this movie does a lot of um, musical numbers where there's like, like 15, 20 people on screen, like or, dancing together. Or like 100. Yeah. Like in one scene, there was yeah. like your favorite and, one. And that's the thing, like normally. It's almost like a flash mob. I know. Normally, like in the musical, you kind of, you kind of leave like those high number count of people for like. The spectacle, the big like finale, yeah, the, or the yeah. close to the big finale, or the mid like you you have the the big spectacles. It's like when you're separate. going from like first, second, third act. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But this one is like spectacle after spectacle after spectacle after spectacle. It's just it, it like it kind of wears you out. Mm-hmm. Like this movie, it doesn't sing to you; it sings at you. Yep, and that's. Like I, I, it's, it's like I'm bombarded. Like whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we okay? Like community, we got it. Like yay, lottery ticket. Yay. Oh, oh shit, ice cream man. Okay, we got it. You know. <laughs> um, I feel like even if they didn't throw that number of musicals at you, mm-hmm. like music, music numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It would still um, kind of like I feel like the music kind of made it difficult to absorb the relationships. Yeah. But I can't be too mad at it, honestly, because <laughs> the acting wasn't that great. So maybe that's why there's like so many musical numbers. There's like there's no time for acting. <laughs> there's like they're painting over their acting abilities. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and while while Cassie and I were watching this together, it reminded me of her. What should we call it? not a theory, more like a what's it like when you you like. I can't think of I can't think of the word to describe it, but your shiny peer, your the shiny penny theory. Uh, theory, yeah, but it's not more of a theory. It's more uh, the shiny peer, syndrome. Yeah, or no, or observation. The oh, shiny okay. penny observation. Let's call that the shiny penny observation, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of like dangling in front of you, like saying, 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 but like we're help, we're doing all this to like have you ignore the fact that there's no substance. There's really no substance in it. Like there is a story, there is a plot. It could be well written and everything, but it's bombarded with this. Singing and singing and singing and singing and singing and singing and singing. And then even some of the singing, like, I couldn't even hear some of the lyrics. Because I'm just like, what are they singing about? Like, I see they're dancing around this area, but why? Exactly. And then, 
let's talk about the writing a little bit too. Okay. Because if we're going to talk about that there's lack of substance, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to tell you that there are certain things that the characters do that I get, that's why I get irritated. Mm-hmm. Like, why did that person do that? That it made no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't give you spoilers right now because we're not in the spoiler section, but like, there is sometimes like the characters will be doing something and then one character will just pivot. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that made no sense. Like, yeah. you know, I'm over here with you guys. Okay, I'm going to run over here now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah. And I you know what I think it you know I think it is? Hmm. I think it's I think it's because they sang it, but we couldn't hear it. <laughs> Cuz the the music was too loud over. No, 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 no. that's not it. Oh, it was okay, definitely okay. like Okay, I'm not needed in the scene anymore. Bye. <laughs> Bye, fly away. Me. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I will specifically get into the two mm-hmm. that bothered me when we get into the spoiler bumper. Um, okay, so you just want to... Because I, 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 think I, I think I had... I think I said all I had to say without spoiling it, but you just want to hop in the spoiler section? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to hop into the spoiler section. You know, this is where we talk about the film in Greek links and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so if you have scene in the heights you know this would be perfect for you because we're gonna go in more detail what issues and what we i know we're kind of shitting on it but i'm sure there's maybe one or two things we liked um so oh but for those oh, who have, snobby we like to snobby we like to snobby I, we, we, did, we did say that and yeah. Corey hawkins and Corey hawkins um okay so for those who have uh, not seen in the heights and do not want to be spoiled here's your spoiler bumper right about now So let's. Oh, yeah, I'll let you take the lead. Um. Okay. So. And I know. And first, I want to say though, uh-huh. we kind of got into a not an argument, but definitely kind of like a. Oh, we're yeah, we're yeah, like kind of a disagreement, kind of like. Because I think I message. was saying something you weren't understanding, it, and mm. I think you finally got it. But yeah, yeah. Well, I I guess because I wasn't seeing, I I didn't see what you were saying, and it wasn't until like a bit later, and after a couple articles, I was like, okay. I see what she was saying, saying all that kind of stuff. Quick, I get it fast. <laughs> I don't need no articles. Well, you know what? That's how smart you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, okay, so let me start off by saying one of the, some of the things I did like. Um, there are a couple of numbers that aren't that are actually pretty good. Uh, there is a scene, uh, the the lottery ticket scene. Um, where they end up in the pool, like the community pool, that's oh, together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That number was cool because you can tell a lot of work went to that number. Yep. You know, it's not it's not easy to synchronize swimming and then actions and splashes and can, helping with the continuity and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Even though I can tell there was some continuity issues, like whenever um, Usnavi character was like by himself, like singing, you can tell like it was a different time of day. But that's technical <laughs> stuff. So that I enjoyed that. Um, the scene between Nina, Nina and Benny, where they're dancing on the side of the building, mm-hmm. that was great. I enjoyed that. And see, here's the thing. Like, if there wasn't so much lack of chemistry between the two, it would have been more of an impact. I just like how, how cool it looked. 
I like how cool it looked, except mm. that I could tell it was on a green screen. Yes. Pretty badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been more impactful if they would have built a stage that rotated. I mean, they. My guess is that that's how they did it, but like they just. But not they, with a green screen. Yeah, though. but like the 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 post wasn't so like they could have spent a couple more tweaks, tweaks, or a couple more weeks in post to make it look like cleaner. Um, but I so I did enjoy. But yeah, that. I, do, I agree with you about their chemistry would have made that number really spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the the number, the solo number with uh, the grandma. Yeah, the grandma uh, when she's dying and she's kind of like. She's like explaining. She's explaining. She's singing her life, like what happened, how what she experienced. Mm-hmm. That was cool because you're getting like, kind of like a time. You're getting the, her her life flashing before her eyes, like her memories. Yeah, lulling her to sleep, even though she's already sleeping. Like, yeah. they're just bringing her like into the light. Yeah. See, and like that was cool, especially like near the end where like there's like that hallway shot where it's like the lights is like like neon and like. Uh, taggings on the wall and mm-hmm. stuff and how she like is walking to like up the stairs to the light yeah yeah like that looked cool see and that's when I that's when I thought that's when I it can, like I realized that like the problem with this movie with this movie does is like there's no real intimate moments like between like between two characters or like a single character mm-hmm. you know like the the opening scene with uh, with uh uh, Usnavi and like his cousin and they're and 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 the Benny character and they're kind of like starting their day and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like how he like knows everybody's coffee and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that's like an intimate small space and like that's where like I was just like okay cool I'm getting to know these characters all right this dude is obviously the dreamer this is, and this kid like looks up to him okay this is a guy who wants to become something you know I f- I sorry I'm, I just interrupted you Oh no! What, then I, even even to the point where like the Vanessa character when she came in, mm-hmm. I even got a better sense of her character in that scene. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's like those small, intimate, like confined spaces or small moments where I'm like, cool, I get to know the characters. They don't happen often in this movie. It this this is a, this is a story where it's like you, me, and everyone else, yeah. and that gets tiresome. I'm going to say that I didn't like the very first number where you're starting to get to know everybody. Mm. I felt like it dragged on and there mm. were too many people. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Let me, let me reiterate. When they're like introducing everybody. Yeah. Let me like, reiterate. Yeah. Like just like that part. When it laid up, when it leads out to like outside, then it's like, all right, you're throwing everything at me too fucking fast. Yeah. You know, um, fuck what I was going to say about that. Yeah. Oh, and here, and, and it, this kind of like, and this is this is where it like kind of brings us to this problem with the movie. Kelsey and I are watching this movie. We there, we've just been hit with all these songs, and my brain goes, "How much time do we got left?" And I was thinking, "Oh, we easily cleared about an hour and a half. Yeah. That's something we easily cleared an hour and a half. We're probably closing up to like a two-hour mark because we've got a lot to. We went through a whole lot. It was like one hour." <laughs> We had an hour and a half left. We still had an hour and a half. I was like, oh my God, holy shit. I felt like I just ran a treadmill for like 15 minutes on high speed. Mm-hmm. Like, holy, th- that's the thing. No, on five minutes on high speed. When you're <laughs> like, oh shit, I must have done really good. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that was like bugging me so much was just like, you're, there's so much singing that I don't need, I don't, I don't need a 30 I don't need an album that has 30 songs. Give me an album with tight 
10 to 12 songs and you got it. Yeah. 30 songs that almost sound exactly the fucking same. Mm-hmm. Which, see, now I'm starting to get pissed off thinking about the movie. I told you. <laughs> I told you. Okay, all right. Um, Kelsey, you said uh, character motivation. What, 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 what was up with the character motivation? Mm, okay. Couple things. The characters did things that didn't make sense sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was that dance number that, um, like, Usnavi finally got to take Vanessa out. Oh, yeah, to the club, yeah. And she, some guy wanted to dance with her, and he's mm. like, yeah, it's fine. And then all these guys kept coming to dance with her and stuff, and, like, mm-hmm. he could have gone onto the dance floor and said, hey, it's my turn now. Yeah. But he waited till she came back and was like, hey, like, she was pushing guys away, like, no, like, I want to dance with you. And he's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. And he ran off, and then there was a blackout, and now they're pissed off at each other. Like, What? Yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I think that was supposed to be like, and, and I say think because it's not clear, that was supposed to be like a miscommunication between the two. Because I remember I remember the Benny character was like, oh, she's trying to make you jealous, right? Which, that was like very apparent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it just, I think it that just showed how much the ke- there was like almost little to no chemistry between the two. That you're just like, wait, why? Like, why are you guys doing this now? Yeah, but also like that mi- miscommunication didn't make any sense. What, was because it, she yeah. came up to him and wanted to dance with him mm. and then he was still mad like oh you were shaking your ass with all the other guys on the dance floor like yeah. then go out on the fucking dance floor <laughs> and tell her you want to dance with her well kelsey clearly this this movie that scene is a complete uh examination on life <laughs> and the dating scene <laughs> <laughs> okay so the other one mm-hmm. i know it was probably really subtle mm-hmm. but after the blackout and they were all looking for vanessa uh and Benny was out there with Nina. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I want to, you know, we got to look for Vanessa. And he's all of a sudden he's like, I got to go to the dispatch office. Bye. I know. I might not have a job tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I might not have a job tomorrow, but I, I still, still have a job tonight. tonight. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. That's supposed to be like a very like serious moment. Like, yeah. oh, he's like good at his job. He loves his job. But we don't get... We don't get the extent of how good his job, like what he. Well, we did it, in the musical number when uh, Nina came in and towards the beginning when she barely came home. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm using the wrong words. Not the extent of how good he is, but the extent of what he did and how well it did anything at all. Oh yeah, the only thing they used it for was to show Jimmy Smiths <laughs> after <Yeah. laughs> like joining him. Yeah, like this whole like to show community and stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Like this, like this movie kind of relies on like how uh washington heights the neighborhood that's home that's community this is love there's so much history between uh the bodega and the the cab place and this and that and everything but we don't have an idea of like the importance of these locations that they talk about you're just taking their word for it yeah you're just there's taking no illustration it. at all which is funny for a movie that's supposed to be illustrating everything because of the type of movie it is yeah Speaking of an illustration, and we're talking about community. Okay, so there was uh, this movie has already started getting flack, and it and this is what Kelsey was pointing out that I was just like not seeing. So, <laughs> and then, um, well, and also you told me be careful because yeah, of how said, it sounds. Yeah, I was like, I was like, be careful because you're a white woman, and like, <laughs> hold up. Um, so this movie is getting a lot of criticism because of how the film is even coming off as whitewashed. Um, 
so Washington Heights is supposed to represent uh, like uh, uh, like a mixture of people and not just like of Latin people, but like Afro Latinos and blacks and stuff like that. Right. And like if you watch the movie, there's like one black character, one black lead which or kind of lead. Like, it's just called a side character. He's almost like an eighth banana. Yeah. That's uh, that's Corey Hawkins. And then there's like a couple of black dancers in the background. Mm-hmm. But there's no like prominent like Afro Latino characters. Even the um, Hispanic or Latino characters mm-hmm. are ve- are light skin, but I know from experience, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen Puerto Ricans with dark skin. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, so like, they, it's not like they don't exist; like, they do exist. Mm-hmm. You know, they just weren't really well represented in this movie. Um, so, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find this article. Okay, so Chu had said, uh, John Chu, the director, has said. Um, I think that was I think that was something we talked about and I needed to be educated about. Of course, uh, in the end, when we were looking at the cast, we tried to get the people that were best, uh, best for those roles. This is what he said during an interview. I think this was with like the root. Okay, are you telling me there's no Afro Latinos who can just sing like that and move like that? But the thing that came to my mind is mm-hmm. maybe the ones that are lighter skinned mm-hmm. are better because they have better opportunities. To be better. Probably. Like this you know this, what I mean? this honestly kinda goes into like the Tyler Perry kind of thing. This is a very this is very similar to what Tyler Perry's films have been criticized about. Where and we're not saying like the light skinned Latinos in this movie are villains, but like Tyler Perry or sorry, are are heroes or whatever, but Tyler Perry his films are like when they make uh his films have a correlation where the darker the skin the better you are or the worse you are mm-hmm. the lighter the skin the better you are the better you are the better person you are mm-hmm. and we're not saying this does that and the heist does it but it has like a similarities of like whitewashing that's why i'm better than you green shut up i'm just kidding <laughs> you are you are better than me like in some aspects but other aspects <laughs> you're still better than me <laughs> no, um so he added, I think that's a really good conversation to have, something that we should all be talking about. So that actually irritates me. Because he's basically like, I'm not going to take responsibility for that, but sure, let's talk about it. I know. Because I want to look like a good guy. Yeah, I know. And here's, here's the problem with this movie. It's, it's not like this was a predominantly like white produced production. John Chu is uh, it's Asian American. Uh, Lynn Morrell, uh, Lynn, Lynn Moran. Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's like like uh, Cuban-Puerto Rican or D- Dominican Republican or some sort like that. And the other writer... Um, Chiara Alegria Udes? Yeah, she... She's from Philadelphia. I'm not seeing... But Philadelphia her, is diverse. Yeah, it's, it's diverse. I'm not seeing what her nationality is, but given by her name, she's got to be... Alegria is Hispanic of some sort. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you, especially, like, especially with John Chu, who made Crazy Rich Asian, that like just destroyed the box office when it first came out. And Lin-Manuel Lin, uh, Miranda, who is... You know he has pull in Hollywood. Are you telling me that y'all didn't go... We should probably get some darker people in this movie, or 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 they could have went like, no, we got to have this person. We got to have a better representation of what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, because some, even like as as I'm thinking about this movie, like the, them dancing and moving around stuff like that, I'm just seeing like whitewash, whitewash, whitewash. The music to me too. That they, they not just whitewash. the yeah. So this is this is what I'm trying to say, right? Mm. The the most 
together the the most comfortable like there's um this feeling you get when you feel home mm-hmm. i felt like home only one time in mm-hmm. this movie um and that was when they were playing bingo and all hanging out yeah right yeah 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 I, I, yeah i got that sense yeah other than that i don't feel this represents how that community gets along like mm-hmm. It's just dancing and singing these white-ass songs. (laughs) And the thing is, too, like, they wanted to make it sound... It's just because they wanted to have that musical sound, I think, but they put a lot of, like, the instruments that you would hear Mm. and, like, songs that you would hear coming from, like, Puerto Rican homes or Mm. Cuban homes or whatever. Mm. But just because you put those instruments in there doesn't make it, like... Home. Home. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It just... It didn't sound... It sound... Like, they wanted to make it like a musical instead of something that people could actually relate to. Yeah, yeah. And you could have had, and like, and that's the thing. Some of the characters that are a bit of a darker skin, like the ones who would see more of a representation of what they're trying to say, they're kind of regulated as like side characters. And even like their character arcs, there's like no resolution to them at all. Mm -hmm. Like there is, there's the the three, um, uh, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, uh, Dasha uh, Polanco, and uh, let me find. I got because I got to give that credit to the woman who was uh, also. She owned. I think she owned the hair salon, and she was moving out of Washington Heights. Yeah, uh, her name is Def- Daphne Ruben Vega. Uh, yeah, that De- yeah, Daphne Ruben Vega. Okay, so these characters that are of darker skin, like they're side characters, but like there's no resolution to their to their art they they're in one shop they have to move to uptown because i don't remember why they had to move to uptown and like that's it and this movie clearly jumps by the end of the movie like what seven eight years into the future mm-hmm. and we don't see what happens to them we don't see what happens to the benny character we don't see what happens to um we don't see what happens to the i lost uh, my page the um jimmy schmitz yeah, we don't see what happens to the Jimmy Smith character. We don't see what happens to the, uh, what's her name, the Nina character. Mm-hmm. And Nina like goes off to like Stanford because she wants to she help wa- the dreamers and like help her community because she she finally found her path. Yeah, and we don't know what happened to her character. Like, which which was she, she successful? Was she successful with it or what? The with the Sunny character, the Gregory Diaz the fourth, the little kid, because. This this movie starts covering starts talking about immigration at one point, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh wait, I completely forgot. They, they talked about dreamers at the beginning. Now they're touching on it, and we're mm-hmm. like, two hours and ten minutes into the movie. Yeah, we don't know what happens to that character if he ever got his green card or what. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that bothers me too. It's like, it. I know it's not intentional, but this film really comes across as. Let's make a huge musical number, but also, look at me. I'm doing good with civil rights. Like, it seems, mm. like, fake. Yeah, and and I'll say that is definitely funny how you say that because... And that's that's whitewashing if I ever saw it. Yeah, it's that's funny how you say it because, like, our... Like, the movie Hairspray actually covers, like, the civil rights kind of... And segregation a lot better. Yeah. Then this movie does. Like, 
to the point where like it creeps up on you and you're like, oh shit, there's a fucking message. And it actually has a point to it. Mm-hmm. And that movie was made like an 88, completely low budget and still like hits the mark harder yeah. than what, what In the Heights was trying to say when it came to like the segregation or like the, the part where about um, Nina saying she's, she was like, uh, uh, what she goes, uh, she was... Um, she faced like uh, uh, prejudice and stuff like that, like racial racial profiling. Yeah, she faced racial. Pro- yeah, I think she faced like racial racial profiling. Which that bothered me too, because I was like, you can't tell me that she didn't face that at all up until yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, like like even and especially in her own community. Yeah, like like darling, like you're in New York, like you have had to at least encounter that twice in your life. Yeah, growing up, unless you were like literally just in your apartment the entire time. Yeah. Um. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm honestly. I, I. I don't want to leave this review on a bad note. Love, like this movie's just bad. Why? Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, what else is good about this movie? But that's the thing. Th- 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 I can't think of anything that's good in this movie. Then, other than we, what we already said, it's like there's more issues. Oh, here we go. Now I remember what I was gonna say. This movie. On Rotten Tomato, I think the audience score is like 95%, and then the critic score is like 96%. I honestly feel it does the whole, like, it kind of leads into Kelsey's shiny penny observation. People are just, this this music's great, it's fantastic, I like watching this. But, like, if you think about it, what is this movie trying to fucking say? And if it's trying to say about community, Mm -hmm. it... I can't hear it over the music. Oh, and what was my comment last night? That you're like, I see what you're saying. When I was like, when I was talking about how whitewashed it was. Oh, yeah. So. And you're like, and I was saying, you were like, oh, it has this rating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I had noted, and like I said, I didn't, I didn't look at all the ratings, but a lot of the ratings I saw on Round Tomato were like considerably white people. Mm-hmm. So it felt like this movie's popularity was good because of like a lot of white people were just like oh this is really good this is how this this is how this is how puerto ricans are that you know yeah. like yeah and and i even said that's why um i think a lot of white people didn't like black panther mm. because black people were represented better mm-hmm. and they were like we can take a shit from white folks <laughs> yeah exactly um but this film is like yeah, let's white a fight up and everybody will love us because we are whitewashed. No, because we're in the heights. Da, 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 da. <laughs> in the heights. It's, I'm, yeah, I, I actually was hoping, I, I was really hoping this movie would have been good. Me too, I'm sad. Yeah, we're actually sad the movie. <laughs> like, I'm angry. We're like, I'm angry. <laughs> You're angry how how much it disappointed you. Yeah. Have you ever been really sexually frustrated? Yes. To the point where you're just kind of pissed off. Yes, I I am a I am a man. Okay, well that doesn't happen very often to me, <laughs> but it has happened once or twice, so I remember uh-huh. that feeling. Like yeah, this movie gave you like musical blue balls. Yes. <laughs> it gave me cultural musical blue balls. <laughs> Yeah, I. Well, and the funny thing is, they wanted mm-hmm. to bring up like the dreamer thing too. Mm-hmm. Did they? They they said what? Um, they were from the Dominican Republic, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Never mind then. Yeah. 
Well, I was just thinking, like, I think a majority of the people are not from, like, I mean, there's a lot of people, like, different subsects of people in, mm-hmm. in New York City, but, like, I think a lot, like, a lot of them are Puerto Rican, which is, like, a territory mm-hmm. of ours, so. Oh, Puerto have, Rico? Yeah, yeah. Pu- yeah, Puerto Rico, um, Puerto, um, Puerto Rico is a, I forgot what's the type, the proper title, but, like, they are considered part of America, they just can't vote. Yeah, they're a territory. Yeah, which is like fucked up. Like, yo, we just, no, they they don't they don't want to become part of the United States. Yeah, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> like but, Hawaii but, didn't want to either. Well, also, also like the I mean, we're gonna get a little bit political right now, but like certain people in in the government, like the GOP and stuff like that, they don't want more don't, people of color. Yeah, to be voting because they know people of color, they want things that have been lacking them because of you know white folks. I think. All of those people should move to the center of the country. Mm. And then all of the more... Um, White folks? Like, all of the people that are bad and ugly mm. should be in the center of the country. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, stay in the Midwest. Like, where there's nothing going on, you can have all that. And then everybody else can be, you know... On the west and on the, the east coast. coast. Yeah, yeah. That would make me happy. That would make me happy, too. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, so are we done with this review? Yes. Yeah. Please. All right. So, uh, what we got next? We are going to do our variety time. So, we are on our third segment, our third you know, time of doing the Berserk Tribute review. Mm-hmm. Um, then we did four episodes again. <laughs> you seem like, ugh. It's getting hot. It is. I'm tired now. Um, okay. <clears throat> I feel like the, the, the story... Mm-hmm. First of all, let me, let me read you the, um, the episode list. Okay. So we did episodes 9, 10, 11, and 12... Which are titled Assassination, Nobleman, Battle Engagement, and Two People. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I feel like this story is actually picking up a little bit. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, but at the same time, mm. I think it's trying to not be too linear. So sometimes mm-hmm. the story just kind of goes off. To like a side story and you're it's not like how you're used to anime doing now where it's like let's be completely bonkers and off the wall mm-hmm. it's just like no we're just gonna follow this character and it's not right now feeling like it really relates to anything mm-hmm. um but um what do you have to say about it because honestly it's just to me it's just like I don't quite like the whole king thing. Where okay. he's kind of like Who, uh Griffith? No, um Oh the king the king himself of that, of that Yeah, the yeah. king, like Charlotte's uh father. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't I never really like that medieval bullshit. He's like mm-hmm. a king and he's relying on people who are kind of not as good as they say they are and mm. 
I just feel like there's just um, a story there that's already been done before. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you with that. Uh, fortunately, if I remember correctly, it doesn't focus too much on that, that whole King, King kind of thing. I feel like the four episodes that we watch, it's more of a development of the Casca and the Griffith character and how Guts interacts, especially how we see Guts and Casca like building a relationship mm-hmm. together. Um, there is, I think it's like the battle engagement episode. Um, it actually might be the two people episode where Casca like reveals how she met Griffith mm-hmm. and how she, how she saw Griffith kind of being like human. Like there's like the, a death of a child on a battlefield that was like helping bat the Battle of the Hawk and how like that trauma, how that really like fucked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in these episodes, we get more of like the, because the one episode is called Nobleman. And I think that they're referring to more of the Griffith character, how people see him as a nobleman this is a guy that you want to follow this is a guy that you want to go into battle with and all that kind of stuff he's almost like the antichrist yeah 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 exactly but like and there's a couple parts it's so fucking good where uh griffith knows the people that like are plotting against him Mm -hmm. and they do like this thing where they show him with his eyes and he has like these like piercing eyes like almost like a fucking hawk yeah um which is really cool because that's when you see like how Griffith can be Mr. Nice Guy and flip that switch and become like a demon. Yeah. Like with that stare. You know, mm-hmm. that, what's that called? That thousand yard stare or whatever. No, a thousand yard stare is when you're like. Oh, no. Uh, staring with. Da- look at him with daggers. Yeah. Like staring with like daggers. Like a piercing stare. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he has. Um, so, yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I agree with you. Like this, the story is like starting to move along. And I think, I think it's really moving along because we're getting more of like the interaction between like the three characters who are really intertwined mm-hmm. um, as the series goes on and like their paths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we get more of a, it paints more, it paints Griffin more as like, Oh, I can see like why they love him. Mm-hmm. You but know? you're also starting to see more of the, the cracks behind the facade. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, like, there's that, there's that episode, uh, I believe it's, I think it's Nobleman. Uh, yeah, it's Nobleman, where Guts, um, like, kills, kills uh, I think, Julius, who was, like, the next in line for the Oh, throne. no, he did that in uh, Nobleman. Yeah, 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 that's what I said. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I was like, no, it's not two people. <laughs> well, yeah, how, like, Guts, how Griffith's like, hey, Guts, like, you know, you're my buddy. You know, you're my homie, you're my comrade, and everything. So I need to go kill somebody. I need to go assassinate somebody. And it's like, whoa, 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 Griffith. Like, what? Even though Guts is like, oh, you don't have to tell me all that. Just tell me who to kill and I'll do it. You know, and it shows how Guts blindly just follows Griffith. Yeah. Even though he shouldn't because fucking uh, Nos- Nosferatu was like, you should leave that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this part in one of the episodes where, uh, Guts is having a dream, and it's him and Gambino fighting, but it's, like, him as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, while... I'm not fighting. They're, like, sparring. And then, like, Nosferatu Zot, like, appears out of nowhere. He, like, kills Gambino. But, like, Nosferatu Zot's face is covered. And then when, like, Guts gets a good look at him, it's, like, Guts's face, mm-hmm. like, on Nosferatu Zod's body. I have a theory. This gave me a theory, and I... Like I said, just a theory... 
I don't know if it's going to come true. Do you think that's his father? I, no. I <laughs> think, because this movie's bonkers, Nosferatu Zod seems to know a lot about guts. Mm-hmm. Or a lot, know, knows, a, knows a lot of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's even, a, there's even a relationship between guts, I mean, uh, between Zod and the Skull Knight. Like, they've, they've known each other for decades or something like that, right? You think that's the future guts? I think that's the future guts. Something tells me that's the future guts. And it's possible because... Because maybe the army it. shredded him to look like that or something? The armor? I th- No, I, what I think or it is... it manifested is, itself that well, way? Well, because cause Guts gets his hand on a bailet. And it, oh. the bailet only gets activated when the person's at the lowest point in their in their life at ever. At, like, like ever. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think something happens where Guts, uh, he reaches the lowest point, And then the bailet is like... It's activated, and he's like, "Fine, fuck it, I'll do it." And maybe he like turns to Nosferatu Zog to like take out, uh, what's his name, take out Griffin at some point or something. I don't know. Like I said, this is a theory. Just a theory. I would watch that if it's not true. <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah, I mean, it would. It would. It, I mean, that could be a route they would take the manga since the since the creator's no longer with us. Maybe you should write the manga. <sighs> oh, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's like I, I think I think I think in these past four episodes that it really moved along, especially like that the interaction between Guts and Casca when um, they're in the cave, and she starts like kind of like really revealing herself to him, mm-hmm. which you know she's always. I think it kind of leads into like this metaphor of like how she's not wearing her armor, mm-hmm. which means like she's at her most vulnerable. So she becomes incredibly vulnerable by telling Guts, "This is my past with uh, Griffin." Mm-hmm. And I believe she even like starts crying at one point. She does. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, um, Guts also reciprocates. Remember in the beginning, she used her body to keep him warm. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And now he's had to do the same thing mm-hmm. after they came out of the river. Yeah, even though, like, <laughs> even though, like, the end result is two, two wildly different things where Guts is like, what's going on? And Casa's like, throw a knife at you <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so what's what's your take like what's your opinion on like these four episodes like other than that like it's it's starting to progress do you think it's getting better or are you still gonna like you kind of like where they're going i'm with it? still kind of waiting to see where it goes mm-hmm. it's taking kind of a long time to get to a point where i'm like okay now i'm interested mm-hmm. not that i wasn't interested before but i just still feel like i'm waiting for something mm-hmm not waiting for something because I know something good's gonna happen, but yeah. like I'm just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, sometimes gonna be like, "Whoa, holy shit!" Also, I'm kind of irritated because um, Griffith and Charlotte, like, mm-hmm. I think that's really stupid. How so? Because like Costco's badass, right? And I know that they're not really meant to be or anything, but mm-hmm. really, he had to choose to like fuck around with the king's daughter, and she's not all that pretty and she's mm-hmm. kind of stupid mm-hmm. which i think that kind of lends into how griffith val- how he values people around him like clearly Casca is about griffith clearly but like griffith doesn't see like any point of being with her because it doesn't get him to where he wants to go he does because he wants his own kingdom so maybe he sees charlotte as like this is my opening yeah I don't know. I feel like he could have chosen um, 
a more um, challenging route. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something yeah. that would mean a little more like mm. the more you do for the king or mm. kill somebody for the king or yeah, that's you true. Know, go on conquests for him or something, not mm. try to fuck his daughter. Well, maybe he, well, that's the thing. He doesn't like, I mean, he, he, I, 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 mean I mean, it's, it's there, right. but he hasn't like made the move yet. Or I anything. know, but I'm, that's yeah, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. I get you're saying. Yeah. 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 That tension. Like, it's just mm. kind of annoying. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see him as taking the easy way for things. Griffith? Yeah. I, like, I know mm. he uses people around him, but mm. I don't feel like... I'm sorry. No, that's right. You're good. Everything he does is, like, the cheap shortcut way. Oh, no, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, they kind of, like... There's that part where he talks about... Um, after, like, Casca sees Griffith with, like, this very older man, and it's implied that, like, you know the guy was like fucking him and stuff like that. And he, mm-hmm. had, and he, he pretty much said like, you know, there was a guy who was attracted to me and I was more attracted to his money, you know? So yeah. he's like, he's willing to like make those certain sacrifices. But he also says, cause Cox is like, Cox is like, we can keep fighting. We'll just keep building an army. He goes, I don't want to sacrifice men for my dream. So I'll, I will bite the bullet or I will bite that dick, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever and everything like that. Um, but it's funny because like Casca remembers him like that, and then there's that part when Casca's talking to Charlotte, and Sh- and he's pretty much saying, anybody who's doing something for my dream, I can't fully respect them. They have to have their own dream. They need to be equal to me, as in have their own dream and yeah. not follow me blindly. And I think that's pretty fucked up to say that these people who look up to you like a leader, like we will go to the gates of hell for you, and you're just like, I don't respect you because you don't have your own dream. Yeah, but it's funny, too, because he, it, it's kind of like he contradicts himself then because yeah, yeah. because of guts. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know he really actually likes him, mm-hmm. um, and there's a connection there, mm-hmm. but I don't see that he doesn't have, like, I see that he doesn't have respect for him, but not, like, the way he's saying. That's the thing. I, I like, like he has more respect for him than other people. But see, I think that's because I think because we we talked about a uh, like a couple episodes ago. It that's kind of like a I see it as as Griffin's ownership, like he has respect for him, but like res- he has respect for him as like that's his dog. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just don't want it to happen. You don't want the, what to happen him to be like all right i fucking hate you no guts bye <laughs> like <laughs> oh, you, he nev- you've served your purpose oh he never hates him he's he makes him serve his purpose but he never hates him <laughs> oh <laughs> oh yeah you'll see you'll see yeah um i i'm i'm really glad we actually got through these episodes because like this is this is a turning point for for guts because guts heard griffith say that shit uh-huh so now guff guts is like yeah, I remember he was kind of traumatized by it, like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, I just killed this kid and everything. I had to, like, murk all these people and all this shit for, like, you, and you're saying this about me? Yeah. You know? I did this for you, dog. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And, like, that's where, like, guts, the wheels are turning, like, maybe I'm going to, like, create my own destiny. I'm going to do my own thing. hmm You know? And then that's when it just goes all downhill. Yeah. Um, Which is, I'm wondering what that looks like, too, because he was already kind of trying to do his own destiny thing. Who, Guts? Yeah, he yeah. was lost, but mm-hmm. he was thought his destiny was to be a fighter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. he was trying before. 
Yeah, and I think... But he had a lot to learn. Yeah, and I think what, what later happens to Guts is, like, yeah, he, he does find his destiny where he's able to, like, go on the path of, like, fighter, but, like, I have a destiny. I now, I'm a fighter. My destiny is to become a fighter, but I know my ultimate opponent, and it's, like, this person. Mm. And it kind of, like, mer- but it kind of, like, merges with him, kind of, like, uh, him being, like, an anti-hero and stuff like that. Gotcha. going to do our geriatric cinematic of hairspray it's madison time hit it baltimore 1962 the heyday of hairdos and hair don'ts we shall overcome someday not with that hair you won't heartthrobs and hefty girls mama welcome to the 60s dates and hip talkers no matter what you've heard we are gonna teach the white children how to do the bird necks and hair hoppers i can't see through her hair and one magic potion that holds it all together the times they're a changing something's blowing in the wind let's get naked and smoke this film came out in 1988 and the synopsis is a pleasantly plum teenager teaches 1962 baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local tv dance show directed and written by john waters it stars divine ricky lake jerry stiller leslie ann powers sonny bono and ruth brown I feel like this movie single-handedly mm-hmm. created the hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> because the hairspray they use, <laughs> probably. Like when they're in the opening scenes and stuff and everyone's using all that hairspray. <laughs> it, yeah. And this one guy is sitting like in a restaurant or something and he <laughs> sprays. Or not in a restaurant, maybe at the dance thing. Yeah, at the, at the studio. Yeah, and he sprays all this hairspray in his hair <laughs> and he puts the bottle down the can down and then he puts his hands through like back <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh how sticky his hands must be <laughs> yeah i think that's the um i can't remember the cat's name i think that's like the 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 lead, the love interest no, no no it was a different guy he had black hair oh okay um and a lot more hair i know what you're talking about yeah because he like the, he almost has like this look of ecstasy of like oh yeah that's yeah stuff. that guy oh. <laughs> Uh, so hairspray. Um, I remember watching this uh, during my John Water uh, deep dive back in high school. Um, oh, Michael C. Michael C. Ger- Gerard. Um, and sadly, like I never Michael C. Gerard. What? Michael St. Gerard, yeah. That's the, that's the actor, the love interest, the male love interest. Oh, okay. You didn't. You just said that randomly after talking. So oh, I was because like, I, cause <laughs> I'm trying to picture like who the guy was, but I don't, you're right. I don't think it was that guy. Um yeah, so like, like fucking John Waters, uh, this movie, Polyester, uh, Female Troubles, Pink Flamingo, Crybaby, Crybaby, Serial Mom, Pecker, all that kind of like shit and everything. 
Um, and I, and my, I remember when I told Kelsey, I was like, oh, we should do this. My brain went, why have I not shown Kelsey like a John Waters film? Like, his films are like kind of trashy, but like a really good message in them. Um, so like, it was, honestly, it was really great to revisit this movie. Cause I was like, damn, that soundtrack's fucking good as shit. Uh, but I think the most important thing is to find out what did Kelsey think about it. I loved this movie. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know you were gonna love it because I know it. It looked kind of. It's like '88, but it looks like kind of like grainy, low budget. Yeah. And stuff. So I wasn't sure if you were gonna like it or not. I mean, sometimes that does take away from it, but not for this one mm-hmm. because there was so much going on to love. Like. Uh-huh. It wasn't about the quality of the picture. It was definitely about the acting and what was going on and, you know, set design, costume design, like yeah. all that stuff. And the quality of the story nah. that seems to be lacking in, in the Heights. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, I like how John Waters is a white guy and he like writes about these civil rights things, but also he has no qualms about writing these white characters mm-hmm. saying like i wish i was black oh yeah because he because he said because he writes out like how white people would say it. Yeah. I, like there's that line where he says um where two of the characters are like we have black souls but we're white people or something yeah. like that and she's like yeah she's like i wish i was black and he's like our souls are black yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. John Waters... And you don't get in trouble for it because it's like making fun of white people who say that. Exactly. John Waters, he has like no problem at like pointing the finger at like other white people or at at himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like, oh, I forgot he's just... I would be like that. Oh, really? I would because like I've had those thoughts a few times, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like... All right, that was really fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's write about it. <laughs> I mean, clearly, like, this movie that has, like, a strong cult following was, like, later turned into a play, and that play was later turned into a movie that starred, uh, oh, I forgot what actress. I remember, what's that guy's name? Efron. Zach Efron? Zach Efron's in it. He plays, like, the Link, the Link Larkin, the Link Larkin character. Um, and, like, uh, Queen Latifah plays like the Motormouth character, and mm. in the role of Divine is John Travolta. That's what I thought. I was like, John Travolta wasn't it, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but like it, that's the thing. I think one of the selling, I think one of the selling points of this movie, other than the music, is the Ricky Lake character, um, Divine. It's mm-hmm. whatever Divine's on screen. I'm just like, yes, Divine, more Divine. I need more Jerry Stiller in my life. <laughs> he's my favorite he is uh-huh. and always has been my absolute favorite mm-hmm. and i would give anything to have had a chance to meet him you because th- he's so fucking crazy i think you should have you watched seinfeld no you should really watch seinfeld i mean jerry Steele's not in every single episode but whenever he comes in the episode it's just like yes more <laughs> i was introduced to him in king of queens Oh, I fucking right. love that dynamic between him and his daughter. Uh, they're always right. fucking fighting with that fucking accent too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I think this movie was, in a way, really ahead of its time, was that the lead was a big girl. Was Ricky Lake? Was you know a big girl? She instantly got like the cute guy, and like people were just like 
yeah, we love Tracy uh, Turnblad. We love her. She's great. She's a great dancer, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, really just, like, beating her, like, to death or Mm -hmm. to submission of, like, you're fat, you're ugly, blah, 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 blah. No, and she would just, like, like, nothing, like, brought her down. Mm -hmm. And not like a, not like a, uh, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh. Obtuse? Like obtuse. Oh, yeah. Or, like, willfully ignorant or anything like Mm -hmm. that. No, she was just, like. No, like I'm in, I like dancing, I like this music and stuff like that. And like I said, this movie came out like in 1988. John Waters, he always would hire unconventional actors, or he would hire people who don't act at all, and just be like, just be yourself. Yeah, you know. And I like the fact that like the movie slowly gets into like how there's segregation out there. Mm-hmm. Like it does like little sprinkles, like oh no blacks here or stuff like that. But then it yeah, starts it's having- only it's only uh, blacks night like. The last oh, yeah, Thursday call, of every night. Yeah, they call it Negro Night. Oh yeah, Negro <laughs> Day. They call it Negro Day. Um, and then how the Ricky Ricky Lake character is just like, yo, it's just fucked up. I'm gonna use my power to like help. Which is like, that's a white ally we need. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, so what did you think of the performance? Anybody that stuck out for you? Who was that girl? Um, that had the black straight hair and she had that weird artist. Uh, oh, she? you talking about the you talking about the hip the the artist? She shit? looked familiar. Um, she kind of looked like a young. Uh, her name was her character's name was Beaten It Cat. This it that was Rick. No, not that was the boy. That was the artist. Oh, that's the homeboy from that band. Holy shit! Uh, oh, Beaten It Chick. That's Pia Zadora. She was an art um, a model, wasn't she? I don't know. That name sounds familiar, but she kind of reminded me of like a young young Barbara Streisand. Really? A little bit. Like if she was wearing a wig. Because <laughs> I think Barbara Streisand always had like blonde hair. Oh, uh, okay. Or like brown hair. Uh, Pia Sedora. Uh, no, she was an, she's just an actress. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That always, that stood out to me because it was kind of weird. That, that, I, <laughs> what is she, she, she said a line that was so fucking funny. About like, let's get, let's let's get high and get naked or some shit like that yeah but i don't know who that person is that they kept referring to what do you mean they were like an artist or something an artist you had it in your quote area at one point yeah that's 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 the beatnik chick i know that's who said it but they they were saying i am this person when i'm um getting high, like when i'm high oh um I don't remember that line. I, I don't remember that line. Okay. They kept referring. They said it like two times. Oh, okay. I'll have to find it. Yes. But you continue on. Um. So, damn. Was that who I think it was? So the beatnik guy, the beatnik guy. I think that's the homeboy from the Cars. The band, the Cars. Oh uh-huh. shit. Uh, let me see. Went to Baltimore. Uh. I think that is the cars. Holy shit. Yeah, they had the least singer of the cars in this movie. I completely forgot about that. And that's the guy that was doing the art? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, car singer. Yeah, that holy shit. Yes. What? Did you find the line? Yeah. When I'm high when I'm high I am Odetta. Who's oh. Odetta? <laughs> I thought that's what you thought was funny about it. You're, that's the one that you thought was funny. When I'm high, I am Odetta. Let's get naked and smoke. Well, that part I just like when she said, let's get naked and smoke. I thought that was funny. Oh. 
Yeah. First of all, look, look, look. They smoke the devil's lettuce. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor souls. I know. <laughs> poor souls. The thing that I thought was funny too is I don't know. It was pretty subtle. Mm-hmm. You probably picked up on it though. What? When um, I think it was Ricky Lake. Mm-hmm. She was like, "I'm a segregationist." We will overcome. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, see, that's like where John Water comes in and how like white people say shit like that. Like we we will. Like, yeah, we I am your overcome. savior. It's yeah. fine. Like I love you anyway. Yeah, there's this line that Divine says, and like when she says, I was like, holy shit, that's a Bob du- Bob Dylan lyric. Because uh, like Jerry still the Jerry Stiller killer Jerry Stiller character said, um, like, what's going on? These kids, this is that, and then Divine says, times are changing. It, there's a wind wind is a blowing or some shit like that and i'm like that's a that's a that's clearly like a bob dylan line yeah um and it kind of like like i said it like it it shows how john water is like writing about segregation but poking fun of how poking fun at white people who try to like talk about segregation like yeah it's a real problem we need to do something about that mm-hmm. let me see these let me say these platitudes and shit like that to yeah. like make it sound like i'm one of the good guys yeah um so what what'd you think of uh what do you think of the musical aspect of this movie? Because this is not a typical musical. I actually really liked it. Because mm. the music was fun and it wasn't every single the whole entire film. Yeah, it wasn't like song after song after song after song. <laughs> yeah. Um but I, I liked the music because it was fun and like they some of it even had a point, like um the cockroach song. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That that shit was so awesome. How how the um, the antagonist um, what's the girl's name? Uh, Amber Von Tussle. How she's clearly like the villain, and she didn't really have anybody to like back her up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like in a tip, like let's just say like Mean Girls, for example. Like a, a a person like that, it's gonna have like like a posse, a posse, and it was just like, no, let's just take that power away and just be like, let's poke fun and laugh at her. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It was really great. Um, so since this is like your first introduction of Divine, what did you think of Divine? I wanted more Divine. You wanted more Divine? Oh, mm-hmm. I gotta show you painful mangoes. You can just be like, Ugh. I wanted to see her in full drag instead of looking like. A stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to see more of her being fabulous instead of, like, looking like a mom. Mm. Uh, I think I saw her one time where she looked amazing. Oh, yeah. That's when, like, they got the dresses and she had, like, her hair done and yeah. everything. Um, Except I didn't like the hair. But Yeah. It, well, you know, it was like, as Ricky Lake said, Mom, welcome to, Mama, welcome to the 60s. <laughs> uh, Divine says this really great line that I, I think I'm going to start using this now. She says, can you turn that music down? I'm trying to iron. <laughs> like, I, that, that's like the equivalent of like, I'm driving. Yeah. I'm driving. And I'm like, oh, I'm coming to the street. Let me turn down the music so I can see better. It's not even that I'm coming up on the street. It's usually like, oh, shit, I'm backing out my car. <laughs> like, yeah. if I'm backing out, I got to. Turn down the music. I gotta turn down the music. I know. Can you turn down the music? Or I, like, if I'm parking into a tight spot, uh-huh. you know, I gotta. Okay, I'm about to do this. Let me turn the music down. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so okay, so what do you think of John Waters' direction? Because we haven't we haven't really talked about that. We talked about his writing, but what do you think? I don't really have any problem with his direction. I mm. think the pacing was good. Mm. Um, everything came out in his vision. I think the way he wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't really have anything to say about it. Like there was, I didn't really have any problems. It was good. Mm-hmm. So this is John Waters' first and only PG PG rated film. I think his films later on they become rated R, very rated R. Yeah. Um, oh, also Blondie was really pretty. Oh, Deborah Harry. She's like one of those people that is like rare, like a rare, rare beauty. Yeah, there is. Oh, sorry, Debbie, Debbie Harry. Um, yeah, Debbie Harry. I even think Debbie Harry looks kind of good now. Um, but yeah, she has like this kind of like. It's gonna sound kind of stupid, but like this mysticism in her eyes. It's like a, it's exotic. She looks a little exotic. Yeah. Damn girl, good shit. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so so. Anyways, if you're listening, uh, Debbie Harry, yeah. Mark wants you to hit him up. Oh. <laughs> she would look. She would just look at me. Look look up and down at me and be like, whatever. She's like, I'm not even gonna say anything. Yeah. You're not even worth the air that I breathe. I know, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in my face <laughs> um so apparently like ricky lake was like rapidly losing weight on this movie and she had to eat like crazy this just to stay that size oh yeah because of it's so active yeah she does like a lot of fucking dancing in this mm-hmm. movie um so unfortunately like this was actually like divine's like final movie uh two weeks into the trip of like the making the circuit for this film mm-hmm. she like collapsed and died and and divine was like known for doing everything every type of drug doing the nastiest things ever and shit like that so yeah yeah she like this was like her last film mm-hmm. uh john waters did say um he said about after she died he said after you worked hard all your life and finally succeed i think you deserve more than two weeks to enjoy it yeah that is a john waters thing. like i gotta show you interviews with him because his interviews are like very insightful but like because i mean john waters is like super gay he doesn't he just like talks about like raunchy shit but not like in a dirty disgusting way mm-hmm. but he's like i said he's like super fucking funny mm-hmm. during his interviews like that kind of like that like cool like kind of like gay uncle you wish you had <laughs> <laughs> the girls have a gay uncle it okay i don't say anything <laughs> your daughter has a gay uncle too no he does no she doesn't oh, i thought she did my oh, oh fuck that guy <laughs> i can't I'm, believe I'm, you had to think about I'm think, it because i'm thinking about my brother i'm i i yeah my daughter does have a gay uncle but he's an asshole like yeah. seriously he's an asshole I nearly fought with him a couple of times anyway anyway so uh kelsey hmm? do you think this film still holds up yes yes i fully agree with you um, I don't know if this movie's part of the Criterion Collection, but if not, it definitely should be. Like, I need, like, an up like, cleaned-up version of this movie. Yeah. Um, and that soundtrack is still fucking good. That soundtrack is still fucking lit. I kind of feel like I didn't watch the newer version of Hairspray. Good. No, I'm like, good, good. Good that I didn't watch it. Yeah, good you didn't watch it. I feel like the reviews for it were probably really bad. And the thing is, like, I really... I really 
would love this to be remade with people that deserve to be in it. Mm. Um, oh, okay. No, that hairspray, 91% on Rotten Tomato. Okay. Okay, let me see. Let me see if it was a success. Um, I don't... I remember hearing critics kind of talk about saying, like, it doesn't have the same, like, flavor as, as the original movie. Yeah. Um, let me see. Adaptation changes. Let me see. Reception. Uh, yeah, acclaimed from film critics Roger Ebert and Boston, yeah, and the Boston Globe. Um, Ebert gave it a 3.5 out of 4 stars. Um, yeah, I felt that the new version was perfectly pleasant, but it compared unfavorably to the Broadway musical since. Oh, this is from the New York New Yorker writer David David Denby. Um, have removed chances. Oh, okay. So yeah, it, it, they felt that like one critic pretty much said like, oh, it kind of removed some of the camp. Oh from, yeah, yeah. From the movie. I haven't seen it, but like I just I I don't find it interesting at all. I don't inter- I don't. F- You're just interested in watching it. I'm just not interested in watching that new for ver- that newer version. That's like. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> mm. um, one reviewer, uh, his name is Steve. Oh, uh, Dana Stevens of the Sl- Slate had said, uh, intermittently tasty, if a little too frantically eager to please. Uh, she goes on to say, despite the wholesomeness, this version stays remarkably true to the spirit of the original with one size 60 expectation. John Travolta as Edna Turnbull saying how you feel about Hairspray will depend entirely on your reaction to this performance. So so depending on how John Travolta plays the the mother character, the Edna character. Yeah. <sighs> no, I'm not even curious to watch it. <laughs> not even curious to watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I still think it holds up. I, I still love this film. It's still a great film. Um, I remember we were going to do Cry Baby, but I'm actually glad that Kelsey... Was just like, no, let's do hairspray. Yeah. Um, I'll show you Crybaby one day. Crybaby's really good too. Johnny Depp can actually fucking sing when he's when he's not dropping bodies. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So is that gonna be it? Yep. Alright, that's it. Uh <laughs> I just know his pocket noticed that somebody dropped something and she's looking up the stairs. And she's <laughs> she looks annoyed, she's like, What was that? I, I was know. sleeping. I know they're recording. Um so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We would like to thank everybody for joining us for this week's show. Uh, we especially like to thank the people over at Your Entertainment Corner uh, for hosting this on, hosting this podcast on their website. Um, you can find all the latest like news on film, television, and reviews on yourentertainmentcorner.com, uh, where our lovely co-host Kelsey Loisel writes for. Um, you can find this episode on all podcast catchers. What's up? Nothing. Ah. Sign. Sign. Yeah, so this episode, all past episodes on all podcast catchers. We're on, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple. What's the other one? Verbal. Verbal. Amazon. You know, all that shit. Just wherever you find them. Wherever you get your podcast, we're there. You know? I like how you have to say that. What? It's funny. It, it's always funny to me how you're like, yeah, we're on Amazon, Spotify, you know, wherever. But if they're hearing you say that, they already found it. Yeah, but some people might be like, hey, I found them on Facebook. Where can I listen to them? Or I found them on Podbean. Are they on Apple? (laughs) (laughs) I found them on Amazon. Are they on Pandora? But they could just, you know, 
open up their app and look All for right, it. All right, fine, fine. I'll stop saying it then. You don't have to. No, it's cool. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck. This cracks me up. Like, we used to have that debate about you don't have to keep saying it's too easy and real when oh. the title, I mean, obviously they saw the title. Yeah, it says it there. But, you know, you won that one. Yes. <laughs> I'm the winner. Chicken dinner. <laughs> All right. So, next week's episode, we are going to be reviewing censor now a lot of people i i I have a feeling a lot of people have not heard about this movie it it is dropping on vod services on june 18th um kelsey and i checked out a trailer and it looks really fucking intense and it looks really good it's like this trippy horror film that we just kind of stumbled upon um so we decided to do a review on that you guys should definitely check out that movie uh, and then join us on that episode next week. Because with that, our geriatric cinematic will be 1983's Videodrome. Get ready to get back into David Cronenberg's world. <laughs> <clears throat> yum, yum, yum. David Cronenberg. I feel like I, I need to drink while watching that. Yes. Why not? Fuck it. Yay. <laughs> uh, so Videodrome will be streaming on uh, it's actually streaming on VOD services like Apple TV, Amazon Video, YouTube, and like Google Play and all that bullshit. Oh yeah, all that bullshit. All that bullshit. The topic for that episode is video killed everybody. (laughs) Not your best one. (laughs) Shut up, it is. (laughs) Okay. I would have yes. thought it would be like, static in the night. Oh, that's so cheesy. I think we're still in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so join us on that episode. Um, so yeah, we're going to bid you guys to do, uh, take your vaccines, wear your mask, wash your damn hands, you know, you know the drugs, you know. Be a reasonable person. <laughs> Don't be like somebody. We're American. That's too much to ask I for. I know, right? Holy shit. We got politicians who are like. God never created any diseases or any shit like that and whatever. God didn't make everyone with different skin color. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) We are doomed. Anyway. So, um, I'm going to bid you guys adieu and, well, before that, I'm going to leave you guys a nice little story. Um, so my girlfriend and I were out. We're at our our local Target. (laughs) You know, just buying odds and ends and whatever. And, uh, we heard something like a commotion, somebody yelling at somebody. Obviously, us being eavesdroppers, we gotta go see what happened. And uh, we saw a what people call a Karen just going all buck wild on some poor employee who isn't paid enough to take that bullshit. She's going off and off and off and everything like that. And my girlfriend, she must have just watched Hairspray because she leaned over and she said, I watched that tramp, and I'm embarrassed to be white. 